Praise the Lord. Um, I always say it is a joy every time I'm invited to the city because I live in Mukono where there are so many monkeys. So coming to Kampala is such a great blessing and I don't take it for granted. Hallelujah. I did come with my children, my friends, and I'll ask them to stand so you can see them. Isn't it? Yes. That is Fever. Fever is in senior two, Bishop School Mukono, and Beneza. Beneza, please stand up. Beneza is in top class. Um, in a school that is located in the university. Hallelujah. It's a joy for me to be here again. I want to thank the team, uh, the youth ministry team, uh, my sister, the Reverend uh, Lovisa Katana Kanike. Uh, thank you so much. And um, Reverend, my brother, the Reverend um, uh, Gerard Yebale, um, Reverend Tendo Mukadaiga, uh, of course the provost and the assistant provost and entire team here, thank you so much for inviting me. I must admit it's a joy for me to be here and I'm really excited uh, to be a part of this great conference as the saints gather. You know, we are believing that the Lord will set us on fire again, that the Lord will rekindle our walk with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And today I've been asked to talk about transformed. I've been asked to talk about a topic, transformed for service. Transformed for service. Transformed for service. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2, only two verses, transformed for service. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now I'll ask you to turn to Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, Verse 1 and 2. Are we there? Okay, let me read for us. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I am using the English Standard Version. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, Set apart for the gospel of God. Sorry, I was reading uh, chapter 1. Chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, you have no excuse. Excuse me. Chapter 12, I was reading chapter 2 again. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, 
which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect? The word of the Lord. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I want to start by saying that there are a lot of things in this world that transform. And I guess you know of some of those things that transform. Isn't it? For example, an electrical transformer transforms electricity from one circuit to another. Well, I didn't study physics, but at least I know that that is what a transformer does. Isn't it? Mm. Now, how many of us do study science? How many of us study science? Okay, I want one volunteer, please, if you could walk to the front, then I'll tell you what I want you to do for us. You, you, yeah, you're studying science. Please come. Let me just have one volunteer to come. Elisha, Elisha, come. Elisha, come. He must be a great guy. Yes. Brother Elisha, clap for him once more. Come. So I want you to, 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 to make uh, my work simple here. Please help us explain uh, the process by which a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. I guess you are able to do that. Yeah. Yes. All right, uh, morning. Okay, so the process is quite simple. So there was a butterfly before, I believe, that laid eggs. The eggs turned into lava. Really? And then it hatched into a caterpillar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe so. It turned into a caterpillar and then, wait, no, the process is different. I believe from the egg it turned into a caterpillar, then it turned into the lava, then out came the butterfly. <laughs> Clap for him once again. Now, some people are not clapping for this man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, please don't ask me whether what he said is, is right or, or not. Because uh, I, 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 I don't remember the last time I sat in the science class. But at least I know that there is that process, okay? A process where a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. It is, it is a wondrous process, you know? Seeing a caterpillar, you know, radically transform its body and eventually emerging as a butterfly. And I guess each one of us here has a picture. You know, you can imagine what, what, what it, it looks like, you know, for a caterpillar to transform into a butterfly. 
praise the Lord. So transformation is more of change of form. You know, change from one thing to another. Just as we see, and thank you my brother um, for trying to explain that. Changing from one form to another. So for something to transform means it changes from one thing into a different thing. Praise the Lord so much. Now, let us come back to Paul's letter to the Romans. Let us come to Paul's letter to the Romans. It is the great apostle writing. The apostle Paul is the one writing this letter. Some people will call it epistle. The apostle Paul is writing to the Romans and is calling them or calling us to be transformed, to change to change form, to change from being caterpillars to butterflies, to change form. Praise the Lord so much. And friends, I'm excited this morning and I'm looking forward, you know, to seeing what God is going to do in this conference. I'm excited to be talking about this great topic, transformed for service, transformed for service. And as we begin, let me ask us friends to go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to speak to us about this topic. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, thank you so much for your word that is ever true. Thank you for each one of us. Thank you because you know each one of us, and what we are going through, the things that we struggle with, O oh God. And you gather us as your sense that you may set us ablaze, that you may set us on fire, that you may change us, that you may rekindle us, Lord, that you may penetrate, Lord, deep in our hearts, O oh God, and change them, and change our minds, and change our bodies. So, Father, may your word impart. May your word work so powerfully in us. Holy Spirit, please come. Holy Spirit, please speak. Holy Spirit, please change. Holy Spirit, please transform our hearts. Holy Spirit, have your way here, O oh God. Speak to our unique struggles speak to our unique challenges, speak to us by name, because you know each one of us, oh God. It's my prayer, Lord, that we will understand your word, and that your word will find fertile ground in our hearts, and that we will be changed, Lord, to be better children, for your glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Transformed for service. Transformed for service. We have already said that transformation means change from one thing to another. It means to be different from what we have been, you know, to becoming new people, to becoming 
something new. Now, friends, as we look at Romans chapter 12, these two verses, it's important to realize that as we look at this passage, there is a shift taking place in this passage, in Romans chapter 12. There is a shift, a change. If you have read Paul's letter to the Romans from chapter 1, you realize that in chapter 12, there is a shift, there is a change. Now, the first 11 chapters, Romans chapters 1 to 11, we see that Paul is talking about what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Paul talks like someone who knows so much about God, and indeed he knows so much about God. And he's helping us to understand what God has accomplished, what God has done through Jesus Christ. Paul explains in the first 11 chapters that salvation has come, that we have received mercy from God. That's what the first 11 chapters of the book of the letter to the Romans are about. That we have received mercy. That Christ has brought us mercies. Christ has brought us salvation. People that were deserving to die, people that were undeserving, have received mercy. Hallelujah. Actually, the apostle Paul himself has already received these mercies. I know you have read about his story, how he came to know the Lord, how he was transformed. Isn't it? You have read about his, you know, wondrous story, how he was transformed in the book of Acts. Chapter 9. Paul himself has already been transformed. He has already received mercy. Actually, in chapter 1 of the book of Romans, of this letter we are looking at, the Apostle Paul is yearning to go to Rome to share that that he has already received. He is yearning to go and preach in Rome. He is yearning to go and preach to the Romans. Hallelujah. And when you continue to read the entire book, for example, again in chapter 3, we see that the Apostle Paul says that all people have sinned, but through Jesus Christ, they have received redemption. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. You know, he goes on to talk about these masses. He talks about justification, justification being put right with God in chapter 4. And in chapter 5, the Apostle Paul explains that while we were still, you know, sinners, Christ died for us. He explains how people who deserved to die have received mercy. Chapter 5, particularly verse 6, he says that while we were still ungodly, Jesus died for us. And in chapter 6, 
the Apostle Paul challenges us not to take these mercies for granted, that we should not continue sinning because of God's mercies. And in chapter 7, he talks about Christ's power to overcome, you know, the law of sin, the law of slavery in, 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 in chapter 7. And he says that the power to overcome sin is in Christ Jesus. And he goes on in chapter 8 and he says, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't it? Yes, because they have crucified the works of their sinful nature. And now they walk after the Spirit of God. Now from chapter 9 to chapter 11, the Apostle Paul is crying. The Apostle Paul is, is pleading, pleading with God so that his fellow Jews, the Israelites, can receive these masses. We know that the Jews rejected Jesus. And the Apostle Paul is crying, is beseeching the fellow Jews, the Israelites, challenging them to come to these masses, to come to Jesus, to receive these masses. That's what he's doing. Chapter 9, chapter 10 and 11. Now, in chapter 12, that was just kind of a background. In chapter 12, I said we see a change, a shift in things. Do you know what the Apostle Paul says? He says, therefore, therefore, that's how chapter 12 begins. Therefore. What does that mean when you see the word therefore? I remember in covid um, every time Jose came to address the nation, and whenever he said, therefore, everyone would pay attention. You know that he is about to say something very important. You get it? And what he's about to say is based on what he has already alluded to. So when he says, therefore, you listen attentively. Praise the Lord so much. Therefore, I want to read those two verses again. Brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. See that word again, therefore, therefore. We need to pay attention to that word. What is it therefore? Huh? That therefore, what is it therefore? What is it therefore? Praise the Lord so much. Paul wants us to remember what he has already talked about in the previous 11 chapters. He wants us to remember what he has already talked about. Remember he has been talking about the mercies of God. That we have received God's mercies through Jesus Christ. That's why he says, in view of the masses 
he's been talking about in the previous chapters. Are we together, friends? In view of those mercies, he's saying, I beseech you. Other versions say, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Praise the Lord so much. Paul has already described, you know, the wonderful, the deep, the rich, the amazing mercies of God. What God has done for us through Jesus Christ. And now he's saying in chapter 12 that I urge you, I beseech you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. If you could give us NIV or ESV, one of the two, NIV or ESV, he says, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice and pleasing to God. So friends, since God has shown us mercy, since God has been merciful to us, since God has been merciful, he is saying we need to give our bodies as a living sacrifice. We need to give ourselves to him as living sacrifices. What does this mean? Can we ask ourselves, what does that mean when Paul says, oh, it's off, when he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does he mean? Now, let me say that in the Old Testament, I know you have read about the Old Testament sacrificial system. In the Old Testament, the Jews would sacrifice. They would take animals to the priest, and the priest would sacrifice on behalf of the people. You know, for people's sins to be forgiven, for people to receive mercy. I think that's the right word to use. The, the, the priest would sacrifice on behalf of the people. For the people to receive mercies, you know, to be accepted before God. They had to sacrifice animals. And that was prophetic. That prefigured the coming of a greater sacrifice in Jesus Christ. Remember that Jesus Christ died. He shed blood for you and for me. Now, in the Old Testament, yes, it was important to sacrifice animals. But obedience of the heart was also important to God. Obedience of the heart. Now, what does this verse mean for us today? When Paul says, give yourselves, offer yourselves, your bodies, as a living sacrifice. There are about six things I want to suggest to us. Number one, God wants us to offer ourselves, not animals. Did you hear that? To be a living sacrifice, God wants you to give yourself to him, not animals. Well, I come from the village. Maybe you still remember that. It is, it is still common. People still sacrifice animals or chicken when they're going to construct houses. You know, 
it, it, it is still common there. Excuse me? God does not want any other thing from you. He wants you. Praise the Lord so much. God wants you to offer yourself, not animals. Number two, he wants total commitment to him. Total commitment. Commitment. Call it surrender. Call it devotion. Total commitment to you as a young person. He wants total commitment. When he says, offer your souls, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Total commitment to him and to his service. Because our topic is transformed for service. Mm. He wants total commitment to him and his service. Number three, he wants us to daily set aside our desires to follow him. Daily set aside. Do away with your own desires and follow him. Did you hear that? There are things that we love so much. And I have seen some of you do have phones. For example, daily you want to check out and see what is happening. For me, I am a Liverpool fan. I always want to check out. Has Liverpool brought in any new player? Huh? <laughs> Somebody is excited behind. Some of you are always looking out for the latest movie. Hmm? You are looking out for something fashionable that has come on market. Excuse me. God is saying he wants you to put aside that. Mm. Your desires and follow him. Let him be number one. Praise the Lord so much. Let him be number one. When he says offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, God wants to be number one in your life. Number four, to offer yourself as a living sacrifice means to live for God. To live for God's purposes. That you stop living for your purposes, you stop living for yourself and live for God's purpose. In other words, you want to do the will of God. You want to live for God. Praise the Lord so much. Yes, that you cease to live for yourself and live for God's purposes. You want to please God. Number five, God wants us to put our energy and resources to serve him. He wants us as young people to put our energy and resources to serve him. Your energy. Mm, many of you are strong, energetic. You can sing. You can jump. You know, you can do a lot for the Lord. He wants you to use that energy to serve him. But also, your resources. You may be saying, preacher man, excuse me, I do not have anything. I do not work. I don't have money. God wants you to give him your time. God wants you to give him your knowledge. God wants you to, 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 to use whatever you do have. 
whatever resource that you have to serve him. Hallelujah. Amen. Number six, and this is very important. He wants you to respond to these masses. He wants you to respond. Praise the Lord. He wants you to respond by saying yes to him. In other words, by putting your faith in him. That's the only way you can respond. God wants you to respond to his masses. Out of gratitude. You know, he wants you to respond. To respond. To these masses. You know, when you hear the beautiful story of what God has done in the first 11 chapters of Romans, you cannot just say, wow, sounds good. Sounds nice. Uh-uh. It's not enough to appreciate that. You have got to go ahead and say, God, I want to know these masses. I want to receive Jesus in my life. I want to partake of these masses. Just imagine you are walking after here. You'll be going home in the evening at about 6 p.m. And, 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 and you, meet, you meet a lion on the way. Do you take a selfie with it? Do you say, oh, wow, looks beautiful. Looks good. Wow, God created this so wonderful. Let me look at its legs. Oh, it looks good. Will you do that? You have got to make a decision, isn't it? You have got to make a decision. Either to stay there or to take off. Let me say, friends, it is not enough. For you to read the beautiful stories in the Bible, you have got to respond. You have got to give your heart. Hallelujah. So friends, the point here is that we are to live our lives in such a way, in such a way that, you know, depicts that show that we have received mercy from God. And Paul says, notice again, Paul is pointing out that this act of living as a sacrifice is not just an obligation. Look at verse 1 again. He says, this is your true worship. To offer your body as a living sacrifice is not just an obligation. It is your true worship. Look at verse 1 again. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. If you could give us NIV or ESV. NIV says, this is your true worship. That that is the kind of worship that God wants, that you give yourself as a sacrifice. Hallelujah. Amen. Friends, in verse 2, the apostle Paul says, do not be conformed to this age or to the standards of this world, but be transformed. Look at verse 2. He says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed. Be transformed. What does this mean? 
This means, friends, that we are not to be like everyone else in this age. Did you hear that? That you and me are known to be like everyone. We are to be different. You know, we live in an age where there are things that are happening and those things are not right, but they have become right. And many times, especially at school or at place of work, you say, but so-and-so is doing it. So I am doing it. If so-and-so did it, I can also do it. You see that? We are not to be like everyone. When he says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed. It's, it means we are known to be like everyone. You are not everyone, excuse me. If everyone is sleeping around, you are not everyone. Mm, you are not everyone, excuse me. You are not everyone. Uh, you are Elisha. You are not everyone. Eh? You are a scientist. Yes, you are not everyone. You are not everyone. Did you hear that? You are not everyone. We are instead to be like Jesus who has brought us mercies. We are to be like him. We are to be like him. We have been saved to be like Jesus. Not to be like everyone. Excuse me, you are expensive. Jesus died for you. You have received the masses of God because he died for you. He bought you at a price. Therefore, if you still, if you go into sports betting, if you go into all these things because everyone is doing them, I have to disappoint you, child of God. You are not everyone. And Paul goes on to say that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Have you seen that? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern. Other versions say so that you may know what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Let me say, friends, <clears throat> Paul is calling us to renew. Renew your mind. Tell your neighbor, renew your mind. <laughs> renew your mind. Renew, renew, renew your mind. Let me say that Christianity is not only emotional. Hmm? Let me try to explain that. Coming here and uh, you start saying, I love Jesus. You put up your hands and say, I love Jesus. You say, I am filled by the Spirit of God. You know, some, some of us, sometimes we go deep and, and we even cry. We go deep in worship. You know, I love Jesus. I am blessed. I am favored. Oh, <laughs> especially here in Kampala. They tell you, 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 you are the righteousness of God. Come on. <laughs> you, 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 you are favored. Sickness is not your portion. You know, huh? Hey, excuse me. Christianity is not, is not only 
an emotional relationship. It must also go in our minds. In our minds, praise the Lord. Your minds were not created by Satan. They were created by God. And Paul says, renew the mind. Because a lot goes on in the mind. Renew the minds. We must not only feel, we must know. That's why he says, so that you may know. We must not only feel good, you know, feel cool in the presence of God. We must know. Because when we know, then that will transform us. That will inform what we do. Praise the Lord so much. I hope you're trying to get me. Yes. We must know that sin kills. And when you know that sin kills, you do what? You run away from it. We must know that Jesus came to save. And when we know that he came to save, then we must respond. We must know that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We must know that we are children, we are sons and daughters of God. We must know these things. And when we know these things, that means we live. We begin to live like children of God. Praise the Lord. The mind. The mind. We must not only know these truths. We must not only feel about these things. We must daily purpose to leave these things out. And this time I'm talking about the leave of L-I-V-E. We must now, you know, make these things work out in our lives. Praise the Lord so much. Amen. Amen. We must renew our minds. God is calling you to renew your minds. And when we renew our minds, we are able to know the will of God. And the Bible says here that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Did you see that? God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Hallelujah. Amen. So renew your mind so that you may know what God wants you to do. Renew your mind so that you may know the will of God. Praise the Lord. Now our time is first paint. What does this message mean for us? Or what do we take home? What do we learn from all this? Number one. Number one. Let me begin by saying here that it is possible to live transformed lives it is possible to live a transformed life isn't that encouraging it is possible the things i am talking about are not you know far-fetched i'm simply saying it is possible to live transformed lives hallelujah it is possible it is possible can you say that to your neighbor it is possible it is possible. I, I want to hear you say something to your neighbor. It is possible to live a transformed life. Hey, the Baganda will say, Chisoboka. Can you say that to your neighbor? 
Can you say that? Yes, it is possible. It is possible. Eh? What do the Banyankole say? It is possible to live a transformed life. Why is it possible? You may be saying, preacher man, how is it possible? Let me say, as we have seen already, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we receive mercy, we become his children, and he gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one that works in us and the Holy Spirit helps us to change. The Holy Spirit helps us to live transformed lives. Praise the Lord so much. Amen. The Holy Spirit. So since we belong to Jesus, friends, and his spirit is at work in us, it is possible to live transformed lives. And this is what God expects us to do. He expects you and me to live a transformed life as a child of God. He expects you to live a transformed life. It is possible because he has made it possible through his son, Jesus Christ. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to work in you. You are not going to do it in your own strength. It is God at work in you. Praise the Lord so much. Amen. It is possible. Friends, let me say to you that you have no excuse. Did you hear that? You have no excuse for not living a transformed life. Since it is God's power. It is God's power. Not your power. Hello. It is God's power. Not the power of your parents. Not the power of your teachers. You do not need your teachers to be there to police you all the time. All the time. No. It is the power of God that makes it possible. It is possible only by the power of God. The Bible says it's not by power, by might, but by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God at work in us makes it possible. So you have no excuse. You have no excuse. For sinning. You know, some, some people will sin and say, you know, you understand, you know, the head teacher was not at school that day, so everyone was doing what they wanted. You know, the boss was not around, so we stole the money. Excuse me. God was around. It is possible. Because you have received these masses. <clears throat> Praise the Lord so much. Yes, he says in First Peter, chapter 1 and verse 16, he says, be holy because I am holy. Hallelujah. You a child of God. God is saying be holy. In other words, be transformed. Point number two. Point number two. Number one was it is possible to live a transformed life. Number two, transformation calls to cause us to live different lives, renewed life. Transformation calls us to live different lives, renewed lives. Praise the Lord. Transformation means that we live different lives. 
that we stop living like caterpillars and live like butterflies. I remember growing up, I used to love butterflies so much. I didn't know that there is a profound relationship between butterflies and caterpillars. But you see, a butterfly can be so exciting, just looking at it, you know. Eh? Yeah. Hello, friends. God wants you to change. Transformation calls us, means that we live different lives, renewed lives. Look at verse 2, verse 2a. He says, do not be, do not conform. Do not copy. Do not be conformed to this age. But be transformed. That means be different from everyone. Did you hear that? Be different. Transformation means that we live different lives. That people at your neighborhood can tell that you are a different child. That you are a different young man, young woman. You are different. Let me say that transformation is deeper. Transformation must be firmly planted in our minds. Transformation must emanate from our minds. As I said, that we don't, we don't just talk about things, but the things are planted in our minds. They come from the mind and now have become visible in the way we live. Transformation must be deeply planted in our minds. Because that's where things start from. We must allow God to transform us. Hey, that process, I think it's called, eh? is it metamorphosis? The process by which a butterfly, a, a caterpillar changes into a butterfly. What, what is it called? Huh? Huh? It is the one. What I said is the one. Hey, ah. Praise the Lord so much. Uh -huh. God wants us to change. We must allow him to change us into new persons. Change into new persons. From caterpillars to butterflies. Hallelujah. You may be asking me, preacher man, how can I renew my mind? How can I become a new person? How can I renew my mind? I want to suggest four things here. Number one, read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Word of God. I remember that famous song in Sunday school. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. If you want to grow. Read the word of God. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 verse 11. Psalm 119 verse 11. The Bible says that I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Praise the Lord so much. For you to be renewed, to renew your mind, you need to feed it. Feed your mind on the word of God. Feed your mind on the word of God. When other people are reading novels that do not honor God, when some people are watching what does not honor God, 
eh? when everyone, remember we talked about everyone, everyone may be watching, watching pornography, everyone may be, you know, reading novels, reading books that do not honor God, doing all sorts of things. God wants you, child of God, to read his word. Read his word. If you read God's word, you will not sin against the Lord. Praise the Lord so much. Number two, pray. 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 Jesus, of course, teaches us how to pray. How to pray. And in our Lord's prayer, we usually say, do not lead us into temptation. Yes. There are times you sense you are, you are, about, you, you, you are going into a temptation. Mm? You are being tempted. Pray. You people. Do you know that we can always know when a temptation has come our way? We can always know. When you sense a temptation, pray. Pray to God. Pray to God. And he will deliver you. Number three. Focus on godly thoughts. Focus on godly thoughts. Focus. You see the mind again? Focus on godly thoughts. Feed your mind on godly thoughts. Focus on godly thoughts. The Apostle Paul writes to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Paul writes and says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Dwell on these things. In other words, focus on those things that honor God. Your mind. Your mind. Stop thinking about things that do not honor God. Focus on godly thoughts. On those things that are, that are true. Those things that are honorable. Those things that are just. That are pure. Those things that are lovely. Those things that are commendable before God. Those things that honor God. Focus on such things. Hmm? But now, young people today, when they are in their hostels, in their dormitories, they are discussing about Shiba. You are talking about Shiba. Huh? Which other people do you talk about here? Talking about things that are, you know, huh? ah, those things. Focus on godly thoughts. Praise the Lord. Number four. Number four. This is very important. Listen. Hang out with godly people. Hang out with godly people. Hey, hang out with godly people. Hang out with godly people. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 17, the Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron, and one person sharpens another. Mm. And Paul writes, and he says, Paul writes to the Corinthians and says, bad company corrupts what? Good morals. And the Baganda will say, Bad company corrupts good morals. The people you hang out with, these are guys who are watching pornography. These are guys who are listening to secular music. And then you want to be surrounded by such people. There is no way you live a renewed life, you live a transformed life, when you hang out with such people. Praise the Lord so much. Amen. We are looking at how we can renew our minds. Let's go back to our main points. Point number three. 
Transformation is God's will for your life. Did you hear that? Transformation is God's will for your life. <laughs> I can say that again. There is no other option for you, child of God. Transformation is the only option available for a child of God. Transformation is God's will for you. Transformation is God's will for you. And if you could project for us verse 2 again. God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Do you know that sometimes it, when, when you're doing the will of God, sometimes it, 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 it feels painful. It can feel painful eh? when you're doing the will of God. Eh? Hey, it, is, it can be painful. But hang in there, endure. If you want to become transformed, then you must, you must be subjected to that pruning. Pruning. It, it can be painful, but there's much gain. The will of God. <laughs> the will of God. A young man will come to you and start vibing you. And you'll hear a small voice, and that voice is always the voice of God. That voice will tell you, that is not the right girlfriend, the, 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 the right guy for you. Eh? Eh? You'll hear the voice of God say, that is not the right person. Run away. And you keep, you even go in, in, in prayer, and you want to pray against the voice of God. Eh? You go in prayer. You start praying. What are you praying for? You are praying so that God can say yes. But you hear the voice say, that is not good. Transformation is God's will for you. God's will is for you to live a transformed life. God's will is for you to live a life that honors him. God's will is for you to obey him. Hallelujah. That is the will of God. That is the will of God. Sometimes it may be painful, but that is his will. That is his will. Hallelujah. Transformation is God's will for your life. Lastly, friends, and I will shut up. Listen. Transformation is a requirement and I think our assistant provost did allude to this in his opening remarks. Transformation is a requirement to serve God. Did you hear that? Transformation is a requirement to serve God. God does not want anyone, excuse me. I mean, God wants transformed the people. He does not want professors Excuse me. He does not want very qualified people. God does not want to use rich people. God does not want to use the best people in class. I hope you get my words clearly. God does not call the beautiful. God does not want any other thing. God wants transformed people. Is that confusing to you? He wants transformed people. 
<laughs> Transformation is a requirement. Is a requirement. Now, if you sing here in the choir and you keep going back to your former ways before receiving the masses of God, God does not want to use such people. God does not want talented people. God does not want all these other people. He wants transformed people. That is the qualification. Praise the Lord so much. God's qualification, transformation, is the qualification God wants. Hallelujah. Mm. So you may be saying, you know, for me, I come from this family. No, it doesn't matter the family you come from. It doesn't matter the school you go to. For you to serve God, God wants a transformed heart. He wants a transformed mind. Excuse me. He wants a transformed person. That's what he wants. Transformation. By the way, look at those words again. If you could project for us. Yes, verse 2. I want you to see verse 2. And I know that many of you, I know that all of us here go to school. Or we have been to school. We have been there, isn't it? Can we look at verse 2 again? What does it say? Do not be conformed to this age. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Is God saying you may be transformed? Huh? God is not saying, Bambi, be transformed. transformed eh? No, he's not saying that. <laughs> he's saying, do not be conformed. Notice the language he's using. <laughs> he's not saying, you may. Huh? He's saying, do not. Ah, thank you, my brother. Now listen, there was a time when King Jehoshaphat entered in a compromising situation with a wicked king called King Ahab. It almost cost him his life. I want you to read this, 2 Chronicles chapter 18. 2 Chronicles in the Old Testament, chapter 18. It almost cost him his life. God wants transformed servants. Praise the Lord so much. Amen. Amen. In Ezekiel chapter 45 and verse 10, Christ requires that we live pure in all our ways. We live pure in all our ways as we serve him. Purity should define our lives. Purity should define our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Purity should define our words. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Purity should define our actions. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. In other words, we must be transformed in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions, in every way, in every facet. We must be transformed. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8, he said that blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they, they shall see God. Hallelujah. Amen.
The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, we have no option but to live transformed lives. Philippians 2 verse 12. He tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. This means that we are to be transformed every day. We are to be transformed every day. And the fear we are talking about here is a proper reaction. It is holy fear. Fear to sin against God. That every day as we serve the Lord, we should have this fear that we don't want to sin against him. But for me, friends, I cannot think of a better example except that of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, and our provost did allude to that, Isaiah chapter 6, we see that um, God cleansed Isaiah before he could receive a call to go and serve the Lord. You see that? He touched his lips. He cleansed him before he could go out to serve. To serve. As I said, transformation is the qualification God wants. That's the qualification. God cleanses Isaiah before he receives the call. And after he has cleansed him, then the voice came to him, Who shall go for us? Who shall we send? And he says, Here I am. Send me. Send me. Praise the Lord so much. So to serve the Lord, we must live for him. We must live, you know, with that healthy fear of offending God. Fear of sinning against God. We must live with that healthy fear. Mm, fear that is healthy is that fear where you don't want to offend God. <laughs> you want to do the right thing for God as you serve him. Friends, this is my conclusion as we draw to the end. You are not everyone. You are a child of God. You are not cheap. <laughs> you are not cheap. Jesus died for you. He bought you at a price. Don't live like you once lived. Don't live like you once lived. I once lived in darkness, drinking alcohol in school, drinking every evening, and then come back to the dormitory and fight. That is the life I once lived. Somebody say, are you for real, preacher man? Yes, preacher man is for real. That is the life I once lived. And I remember one time, Man U had won a trophy. And because my big brother was a Man U fan, he took me to a bar. We went there and drank ourselves silly. And they were drinking competitions. We were not drinking soda, excuse me. We were drinking alcohol. So we, we were drinking alcohol until it was dark. We were drinking alcohol the whole day. God is saying, do not live like you once lived. Are you hearing me? Do not live like you once lived. Live 
a new life. Be transformed by the power of God. Respond to this power of God. It is available. It is available. It is available. Respond to this power of God. Let us conclude in prayer. I don't know whether there is someone who wants to respond to the masses of God by saying, God, I want to start a relationship with you in this conference. I want to put my faith in you. I want to know you as my Lord, as my Savior. Is there any person like that today you're saying, I want to respond to the masses of God? Any persons like that? The rest of us, please, let's be praying with eyes closed. Is there any person who wants to respond to the masses of God? You're saying, I want to invite you, Jesus, in my life, that I may live a transformed life. Or you have been serving the Lord, serving him, and yet, to live a double standard life. You're saying, I want to be transformed. Because we have seen that transformation is a requirement. Any persons like that? You're saying, put up your hand if you're saying, I want to respond to the masses of God. Any persons like that? Thank you, my sister. For the rest of us, don't look around. Pray for yourself. You certainly know those areas where you need transformation. You know. And the Lord knows. Pray to him and ask him to transform you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Um, I want you to pray this prayer if you are putting up your hand. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for loving me. I open the door of my heart. Please, Lord, come in and save me. Give me power over sin. Remove my name from the book of death and write it in the book of life. Help me to overcome my sinful desires and to walk and live for you all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word, for speaking to us. Thank you because it is possible to live transformed lives. Thank you, Lord. Because transformation is your will for us. Thank you because you require us. It is a requirement also to live transformed lives. It is my prayer for each one of us that, Lord, we will live 
new lives that at the end of this conference there'll be a change a change in our minds in what we think in what we do in what we say there'll be a change in every aspect of our lives this is my prayer lord for myself and for these all my brothers and sisters through jesus christ our lord amen